0: You're listening to Words of Encouragement, the preaching ministry from the pulpit of the First Baptist Church of Winsboro, Louisiana. The Father who loves you most. The Father who loves you most. Today on Words of Encouragement. Well, as we observe Father's Day today, I, I want us to look at the one Father who loves us the most. Boy, if we ever needed a standard of fatherhood to go by, it's today. Now, I'm sure another pastor in another decade said the same thing. (laughs) But we need a standard of fatherhood to follow. We need someone to look at and know that that is a good example. That's the model for us. Most fathers on television and in movies are shown to be weak. They're shown to be not interested in their children. They're shown to be lazy slobs. Uh, where is our standard? I think we have one, and we find it in God's Word in Galatians chapter 4. Galatians chapter 4. Uh, I'm going to ask you stand, to stand in honor of the reading of the Word of God from Galatians chapter 4, looking at verses 4 and 5. The Bible says, "...but when the fullness of the time came, God sent forth His Son, born of a woman, born under the law, so that He might redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoption as sons. May God bless the reading of His Word. May we hear His voice during this time of worship. I invite you to be seated. Well, this is something I, I find very interesting in this uh, passage of Scripture. I, I look at this and I see that God wants children. He wants to have a group of people who are His. He wants children. Now, what in the world are you talking about? Well, what is going on here in this passage? Well, the Galatian believers were being pressured by a group of Jews called Judaizers. Now they were pressuring these Galatian believers. Okay, so let's just say here's the Winsboro believers, and there's some part, there's some people here in the Winsboro believers that are saying, "Hey, y'all need to really follow the law." You know, you just can't, you've you, you got to follow the law. you got to put a lot more emphasis on the law. And that's kind of what's happening here. These Galatian believers are being pressured by a group of fellow believers to follow and look to the law because they'd be better Christians if they did. Look at verses 1 through 5 here. It says, Now I say, as long as the heir is a child, he does not differ at all from a slave, although he is owner of everything but he is under guardians and managers until the date set by the father so also we while we were children were held in bondage under the elemental things of the world but when the fullness of the time came god sent forth his son born of a woman born under the law so that we might redeem those, or so that he might redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoption as sons. What is Paul talking about here? He's given a little history lesson here uh, to the believers in Galatia. Now, Warren Wiersbe says this. He says in the Roman world, the children of wealthy people were cared for by slaves. Okay, so you had the Romans, uh, and you had slaves, and the children were taken care of by these slaves. Now, now no, matter, no matter who the father was, the child was still a child, but the child was under the supervision of a servant. In fact, the child himself was not much different from the servant who guarded him. The servant was commanded by the master of the house, and the child was commanded by the servant. These Jews are under the law. The law was the guardian that disciplined the nation and prepared the people for the coming of Jesus. As the Judaizers led the Galatian believers back into legalism, they were leading them not only into religious bondage, but also into moral and spiritual infancy and immaturity. Instead of going forward, God's people were being pulled backward by these Judaizers. The law, well, no, we're, we're believing in Jesus. We're following Jesus. Oh no, but the law—you gotta, you—you you gotta keep looking at the law, though. You still gotta follow the law. If you follow Jesus, you will follow the law. Listen, Jesus is perfect, and if you follow Him. You will be okay. You will be able to fulfill the law. But if we focus on the law, we're going to then focus on the law. And we're going to focus on ourselves and the fact that we can't follow the law. And we're going to beat ourselves up because we're looking at the law and we're just feeling so bad because we cannot fulfill the law. But we can follow Jesus. And when we follow Jesus, we can fulfill the law. Jesus is going to lead us down the right path. We can trust Him to lead us where we need to be. We, can, we do not have to say, well, now, I don't know. What if Jesus is wrong over... Oh! You know, I mean, goodness. You know, God, I was, that was an example. You know, I'm not saying Jesus is wrong. But what if we, you know, what if we're looking at Jesus and saying, well, now, He can't be right on this. Now, all this, you know... <laughs> All this talk about being at peace with one another. Oh, and I'll, God knows that some people you just can't. God knows that you just can't get along with some people. Oh, oh so that means we just don't try. It, oh, so that means we just kind of give up on that, even though God said to be at peace with others. Even though He said that. Oh well, I, I mean, you know, look, we are really, really good at making excuses for not doing what God has called us to do. It's amazing how we can come up with all these kind of little ideas and thoughts and say, "Well, surely he didn't mean, you know, love my neighbor." Oh, God doesn't know my neighbor. Well, okay, maybe he knows my neighbor, but 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 he I mean, look, God doesn't have to put up with that neighbor every day. Well, okay, well maybe he does, but I mean, look, if you just simply follow it out, you know, think and allow <laughs> your mind to work, God does know your neighbor, and God has called you to love your neighbor. Yeah, it's there. But there was a the, the, these he, here are these legal legalized people, these legal people, these law uh, these law uh, worshippers, these Jews. They they worship Jesus, but then but they weren't ready to give up following the law to the T, the letter of the T. You know the yeah, <laughs> they're not ready to give that up. The, the law, the law. And so, and Paul's like, look, look, you got to look to Jesus. Look at verses four and five again. Uh, this is what's happening. This is the good news here. But when the fullness of, time, of the time came, when it was time, when God had determined this, it, it, the, the time is now, he sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law. In verse 5 again, so that he might, why did he do it? So that he might redeem those who were under the law. That we might receive the adoption as sons. God, when it was time, he did this. He sent Jesus to redeem us. He sent Jesus into the world. He looked at this world and he said, it's time. I'm sending my son. And on December 25th. Some of you know that. We don't know what day it was when he was born. Some people say it was around April when Jesus was born. We do not have the date. But when the time was, had come, and it was time, and God said, look, it's time he sent Jesus from heaven into this world. And he was, he was born of a virgin named Mary. And Mary brought that child into the world. And that child, Jesus, was the Son of God. And God brought to us redemption. In redeeming us, in buying us out from under the law, Jesus made it possible for us to what? To be adopted as God's children. Jesus made it possible for you and I to be in the family of God. He made that possible for us. We can be a child of God the words as sons or of sons, believe it or not, does not appear in the original text, the original language. But there's no meaning lost. There's no meaning lost. If you're going to get real literal about it, oh, only men go to heaven. Look at that. See, it says and sons, as sons. I guess women, y'all are left out. Sorry. Oh, my. No, uh, you know, to make it flow, to make it at that time, you know, to to, to name, you know, children you know, adoption as children, adoption as sons. There, they did it there. Uh, but there's no meaning lost. The point is that when we trusted in Christ, we were adopted into His family and recognized as being His children. That is amazing to me. That God said, "Look, I'm going to make it possible for my Son to die on this cross for you in your place. He's going to receive the punishment that you deserve for your sin, and He's going to make it possible." He's going he's to be buried. He's going to rise from the dead. And He's going to make it possible, if you believe and trust in Him, to be part of my family. God wants children. God wants you as one of His children. He wants children. He, and He made it possible for that to happen. Even though we were not born of Him like Jesus was, God made it possible for us to be born in, born again into the family of God, one thing that blows my mind is that He has chosen us to be His children. He wants this. This is His desire. He wants you to be His child. He wants you to... This is not, oh my goodness, where did this one come from? i yeah. Wow, another child? What is this? No, He wants us to be His children. He chose us to be His children. He has chosen to take care of us as a good father would His own children. So not only has He chosen you to be in His family, He's chosen to take care of you too. It's not like, oh, here you are, okay, well, all right, find some food somewhere, find a friend, uh, make your way possible through this life. No, no, you're part of God's family, and He's your Heavenly Father, He's going to take care of you. He's going to watch over you, He's going to guide you every day of your life. That is fantastic, what a father What a father we have in heaven who cares enough to walk with us day by day through this life and say, "Uh, you might not not want to do that. Hey, you need to do this. Hey, come over here. I want to share some joy with you in your life. We have a heavenly father who loves us. And who has made it possible for us to be in his family. He's chosen us. He's chosen us. To be His children. He wants us as children. God made it possible for you to be one of His children. That's the first thing I want us to see this morning. The second thing. God placed the Holy Spirit in the hearts of His children. Look at verse 6. Because you are sons. Again, because you are children of His. God has sent forth the Spirit of His Son into our hearts. Crying, Abba, Father. The entire Trinity is involved in our spiritual experience. God the Father sent the Son to die for us. And God the Son sent His Spirit to live in us. The mark of a a child of God is the presence of His Holy Spirit. Notice my translation and the King James both use the phrase, The Spirit of His Son. That's the Holy Spirit. That's a reference to the Holy Spirit. God sent His Son to die for us and then sends the Spirit of His Son to live inside of us. With the Holy Spirit inside of us, we have the constant presence of God wherever we go. Oh, man! Wherever we go, God is with us. He's with us. It doesn't matter where we are. Out in the the woods hunting all by ourselves, we think, oh, no, you're not alone. That's right, he's right there. Preacher, I know I'm not alone. I'm trying to shoot something. I know know that's out there too. (laughs) But I'm talking about another another being. (laughs) I'm talking about a, a supernatural being, God himself through the Holy Spirit. If you're a believer, the Holy Spirit is in you. And the Spirit of God, the presence of God is with you. Boy, that's exciting to know. He is Emmanuel, God with us. He's there. The presence of the Holy Spirit is very important in the life of each believer. He gives assurance that we are a child of God. In his letter to the Christians in Rome, Paul's writing them. He says, hey, look, for you have not received a spirit of slavery leading to fear again, but you have received a spirit of adoption as sons by which we cry out, Abba, Father. Oh, look at that the spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are children of god so not only does the holy spirit assure you that you are a child of god he also he also convicts you and i of sin he is our source of power according to acts chapter 1 verse 8 he will give us into all truth he will guide us into all truth according to john 16:13 the Holy Spirit is a seal that marks you and I as one of His children. Listen to Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13. In Him you also, after listening to the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, having also believed, you were sealed in Him with the Holy Spirit of promise. That's incredible. God's stamp of, of, of ownership is on you by way of the Holy Spirit. When He placed the Holy Spirit in your heart, in your life, a seal, the seal of the Spirit, the seal of God has been placed on you. You're one of His. You belong to Him. And if you belong to Him, what's He going to do? He's going to take care of you. He's going to watch over you. He's He's going to be with you wherever you go, whatever happens to you. When you get to a point where you cannot voice your prayers to God, guess what? It is the Spirit Himself who intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. I picture that as being the times when I go to the Lord and I just simply do not know what else to say or how to put it. And I just sit there and I just, God, I don't know what else to say. I just tell him, that's how I don't know how you are when you talk to God, but that's how I am. I just say, hey, God, I just don't know what else to say. I just I don't know how to put it. I, 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 just help, God, help. I don't know what else to say. The Holy Spirit translates what I can't put into words and communicates with God and says, look, this is what's happening, God. This is what He needs. Here you go. It's amazing, amazing. The consistent, continual work of the Holy Spirit in your life and mine is evidence that we belong to God. Through the work of the Holy Spirit, God takes care of each one of us. Is the Holy Spirit living in you? That's my question this morning. Is the Holy Spirit living in you? Are you possessed, if I could put it that way, by God? The third thing, God changed you from a slave to a son. Look at verse 7. Therefore, you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. No longer is a believer under the law and and a slave to sin. Being a child of God changes all of that. Since Christ as God's son is the heir of all God's riches, the Christian is an heir of God through Christ The moment a person is saved, the whole inheritance is theirs. you got a place in heaven. As soon as you accept Christ into your heart, there there has been prepared for you a place in heaven, the Bible tells us. It's there. It's there. And as soon as you accept Christ into your heart for the forgiveness of sin, you inherit that which God wants to give to you. The moment a person is saved, The whole inheritance is theirs. They are treated as an adult. They're treated as mature children. And the whole Bible is theirs to read and enjoy and obey. Paul again in his letter to the Christians in Rome wrote this. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, heirs also. Heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with Him, so that we may also be glorified with Him. So not only do we become a part of God's family when we accept what Jesus did on the cross as being true, and we allow God to be in charge of our lives, but we also get treated as a full Child of His. Adopted into the family. All rights and privileges. You get the last name. (laughs) If God had a last name, you'd get it, you know. We call ourselves Christian. We get that name. A follower, little Christ. But we get that. We inherit that. All rights and privileges that come from being a child of His, we inherit when we accept Christ into our hearts. We enter God's family by regeneration, but we enjoy God's family by adoption. The Christian does not have to wait to begin enjoying the spiritual riches he has in Christ. If a son, then an heir of God through Christ. Spiritual blessings are only for those who are in a spiritual condition. In other words, in order to receive spiritual blessings from God, you must be a child of God. God as Father will adopt us into His family if we will accept the offer He has and extends to us. If we do, we become a person under His direction. We become a person under His guidance we become a person under His care, and we're not a slave to the law. We're not having to look at the law and say, oh, well, I messed up, I messed up. No, we're looking to Christ. We're looking to Christ, and we're following Him, and we're allowing Him to lead us in the paths of righteousness. We're allowing Him to lead us down the right path. And if we will follow Him, we will seek to follow Him. We will enjoy sweet fellowship with our Heavenly Father and and His family. God made it possible for you to be one of His children. He made that possible. I have a question. Is the Holy Spirit living in you? Is He living in you? If He is, live as a child of God, not as a slave to the law. Live as a child of God. Free to follow Him. Free to follow Him. Follow His direction. Live under His guidance. Look, you can trust Him. Trust Him. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I come before You, O God, hoping and praying that we understand what it means to trust You. Lord, we put our faith in a lot of different things in this world. We put our trust in a lot of different things. But you as our Heavenly Father, you as the Father who loves us most, you know what's best for us. You're leading us in the right direction. You want to lead us in the right direction. But God, sometimes we just put up a fight. And that's that sinful nature. That's that, that base nature that is in all of us that calls on us to do what we think is right. And yet, Father, we, we're wrong so many times. Father, we, we have to follow you. We have to be leaning on you. You are the one who gives us our ultimate guidance and direction in this life. Father, help us to see that. Help us to understand that. Help us to trust you. Lord, if you've called us and and, and we know that we're in your family, we're we're your children, then, Lord, help us to be obedient. Help us, Lord. We pray. Maybe there's someone here this morning that has never put themselves under your direction. They've never asked for forgiveness of sins. They've never repented of their sins. What does that mean? This... They've not said, look, I want to turn away from this sin. I want to walk away from this sin. Repentance is not just a change of direction. It is is also a walking away from sin. Father, maybe there is someone here today that needs to say, look, I need this Jesus in my life. I need to be forgiven of my sins. I want you to be in charge of my life. Maybe there's someone that needs to make that decision today. I'll be standing here at the front in just a few moments. Maybe you just need to come and say, hey, look, I need Jesus. I just, I need Him. Maybe you need, maybe you have other questions. Maybe you still have some concerns. Please, I plead with you, do not put it off. This is the most important decision you'll ever make in your life. If you need to talk to someone this week, please make that happen. Make it happen. I pray that you're in the right relationship with the Lord. Father, we thank you for being our Heavenly Father. We thank you for caring for us. We thank you for walking with us in this world. We certainly need you. We need your power and your presence. Father, as we sing in just a few seconds, Father, would you just continue to move in the hearts of your people, Father? In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us today for Words of Encouragement. We're glad that you are listening, and we hope that you're a regular listener, and we do hope that these are words of encouragement for you. We seek to bring you good Bible teaching every week from the First Baptist Church of Winsboro. We do our best at trying to make sure that the Word of God is understood, of course, to understand the Word of God means we must also practice the Word of God. It's one thing to know the Word of God. It's a completely different thing to live the Word of God. My prayer is that you are a part of a Bible teaching, uh, Bible preaching church. Uh, If not, I would encourage you to find one. And if you live in Winsboro, Louisiana, or at least near us, We'd love to see you any Sunday morning that you can come. We'd love to meet you and greet you, uh, and just would love to be a part of your life if we could. You can find out more about our church by going to fbcwinsboro.com. That's fbcwinsboro.com. Thank you for joining us today for words of encouragement. Remember, You matter to God and to us at the First Baptist Church of Winsboro.